evening. Let's go to John chapter 13. I'm going to do something a little different with this teaching. I did write some things up here on the board. Shabbat Haggadol. This is the great Shabbat before Pesach. This is, you know, we've talked about this, and, and we hammer this home here at River of Life, stewardship and servanthood. Yeshua said he didn't come to be served, he come to serve, and that's our mandate. And this is something that, if this is what we have to hang our hat on, if, if that's the way to put it. Stewardship is how you manage the kingdom, and this is how we serve in the kingdom, serving our, our brethren one another. Now, in, in chapter 13, it, it is a foot-washing chapter, but there's a lot more than just foot-washing here. It tells you the very meaning of what was going on during the time of Yeshua. And so what foot-washing does is it demonstrates our humbling of ourselves. This is why this is important. Now, I want to attack this from this angle. Whenever we go into Pesach, and we, we've done Passover teachings, and we've done these things for many years, and I know that um, I know that we'll continue to do those. But I wanted to really hammer in on the foot washing part because I'm afraid what happens is, like water baptism, repent and be what? Baptized. It's, it's important that we're water baptized. Things that are put down and things that Yeshua instituted or things that Yahweh instituted as memorials, Pesach's already happened. Think about it like this. Has Passover happened? Yes, happened. It not only happened when they came out of Egypt, but it happened over 2,000 years ago when Yeshua gave up his life. Is it important that we recognize and keep Pesach? Yes, it doesn't matter that it's already, it's still happening because you know why? Guess what? It hadn't happened for some people that hadn't accepted Yeshua as their personal Savior. So it might have happened to you, but we memorialize these things. Foot washing like baptism is important. And I just, I don't know if I've really in the past really state, stated the importance of this. Now, this is why I said earlier, if there's a foot washing that you want to do for your family, you can do that at home. And all of the humbling, you can do that there. What we're going to do is when we come together, like when we're at East Central, we'll have the men go and we'll have the women go. I think the women go first. But what this is to do is it's an act like baptism. It's like when we go to Tosh Leek and we, and we uh, have a mikvah. These are things that's important in our lives because, guys, this, is, this shows forth the humbling. And it might be, it's like water baptism, representative of death, burial, and resurrection. And how many times have I said this? If you don't, if you're not doing what Yeshua asked you to do, being baptized, you're just going to get wet. Okay? And if you're really not a humble person, if you're if you got an attitude problem, if we got pride problems, I can wash everybody's foot in here until you got wrinkles, that ain't going to do any good. But yet, if my attitude is right, when this happens, there's something that will happen in me. There's a transformation that will happen in me, and I need that because I need that because being a pastor of serving, I have to be long suffering. Some people, hopefully, I have that as a testimony. But we need to be long suffering with one another and have mercy and show mercy because heavenly days, I need it. And Yeshua, I mean, I'm just glad he didn't zap us. Not the first time we did something wrong. I'm glad he didn't zap us when the thousandth time we did something wrong. Okay, just work with me a little bit. So what happens here in this, I want to look at chapter 13 in a chiastic structure. 
Y'all know what a chiastic structure is. We're going to go to the very first type of the verse. We're going to go down to the very end of the chapter. And we're going to work our way to the middle. Because there's something that I believe he's showing us. So the very first is expression of love in service. The first thing is his expression of love in service. So we're going to read verses 1 through 5. And then we're going to go and pick up in chapter, I mean, uh, verse 31. And we're going to continue that same thing. It says, Now, therefore, the feast of Passover, when Yeshua knew that his hour has come, departed, had to come to depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own. This is one thing in the very first when he starts his all. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them how long? To the very end. And you know what, guys? The end ain't over with. He's still loving us to the very end. And he's asking us, can we do the same thing? Can we do this? This is what he's speaking here. Can we do this to our neighbors? This is what foot washing is about. Can we do this? Can we love our neighbor to the end? During, verse 2, during supper, meals were a common time whenever teachers would teach. And so you see this as a... Very opportune time for him to, whenever they would break bread, he would teach them. You see this throughout the scripture. This is not foreign here. During times of breaking bread, remember Abraham, whenever he had the angels visit, he washed their feet. Did he not? He went and washed their feet, and he went and uh, killed a lamb or a fatted calf. Was it a goat? He killed something, but he got some meat. Can't remember, but he got meat, but yet he fed them. And it was a meal, and then there was a transaction that was happening. So it's important that this happens. But during supper, when the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Now, here we are, we're at this last meal, and and Satan's there with them. Guys, it's, it's, it's up to us not to let him come. Yeshua didn't invite him. Okay, But yet it said the devil had already put it in his heart with Judas. Verse 3, Yeshua, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, that he had come from Elohim and was going back to Elohim, rose from supper. And there's a reason why he rose from supper, because he was discerning in the hearts of his disciples what their heart was really about. He laid aside his outer garment, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into the basin, and he began to wash, serving one another. Okay, that's what he was doing. He was showing an expression of love. This is why I believe it's important for us as we go through uh, Pesach, when we get to the foot washing part, this is showing forth an expression of love. Whenever that we can humble ourselves and wash one another's feet. He began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was around him. So you see that this is an expression of love. When somebody would come into their homes, their feet were dirty, their nasty hands, this is just a custom, this is what they would do. Now let's jump down to verse 31 and let's pick up there. At the end of the chapter, you're still seeing, after all these things is starting to transpire here, he's picking back up, he says, when he had gone out, talking about Judas, we'll get to him in just a little bit, But this is where this is picking up. When he had gone out, Yeshua said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and Elohim is glorified in him. 
If Elohim is glorified in him, Elohim will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I'm also saying to you. Because he made this statement earlier in his ministry when he was telling them, I'm fixing to go away, and they was trying to figure out what he was talking about. Where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you. And what was this new commandment? Now, this is something he was saying, but it's the same commandment from the beginning. It's a renewed commandment. He's just renewing this in their hearts and in their minds, especially because he's fixing to leave. Now, understand this. He's stressing to them to love and remain strong to one another. Right here, the reason why I'm, I'm doing this in a chiastic about love and expression, because what's fixing to happen, what is about to happen, fixing to happen is a southern thing. What is about to happen is this. When they see what he's fixing to go through, it's fixing to rock their world. Guys, it's fixing to rock their world. I mean, they're with him. They're comforted. They're walking with him. They see him. They have seen him cast out demons. They have seen him heal leprosy. They have seen him raise the dead. He is the Messiah. And their confidence is in him beyond nothing else. But they're not ready to see him suffer like he's fixing to suffer. And that suffering, and he knows this. He knows this suffering's fixing to rock their world. And he's trying to prepare them for this. He's trying to give them a message that you need to love one another because, guys, you're fixing to need one another. Because what I'm fixing to go through, if you don't have your mind made up, it's going to scatter you to the four ends of the earth. You're going to run with your tail tucked between your legs, and you're going to get it. So he's trying to tell them that you prepare them that what they're fixing to witness, you're going to need one another and you better hold to one another. This is why this is so important. This is why we as a community need to understand when our world gets rocked, it should draw us closer, not scatter us. But if you don't love one another, when your world gets rocked, you'll go out on your own and you won't worry about your neighbor. And this is what's happening here. He knows and he stressed to them by telling them that I'm fixing to go somewhere that you can't come. But he's telling them in verse 34 that you love one another just as I loved you. You are also, you also are to love one another. And by this, this is a witness and this is the testimony of this. By this, all people will know. See, that's a witness that you are my disciples. Everything is going to hinge on this point in their life. Because when they witness, because look, Peter's already, we're going to get to that in a minute. He's fixing to say, don't wash my feet, give me a bath. Before that, he's telling them everything under the swirl. 
And he doesn't know what he's fixing to confront right down here in the the end. But he says, but if you will love one another and you will humble yourselves and you will fight for one another and you will witness of me, then you will truly be my disciples. He says, if you have love for one another and only that love is going to keep you together. Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? Yeshua answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. But after, or you will follow me afterwards. When is this afterwards going to be? The resurrection. Later, I'm not leaving you forever, but, but there's going to be a time when I'm returning. But right now, where I'm going, you can't follow, but you have to be a witness here. And Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Remember what we said earlier when we was watching that video about Polycarp? And one thing that he said, if you can't live for him today, you won't die for him tomorrow. See, Peter had the wrong paradigm. And he just threw out on his mouth because he was bold. He, he's good about doing that, changing feet every time he opens his mouth. He said, I'll lay down my life for you. And Yeshua answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you. The rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. I'm telling you. For Peter to not really know and understand what he just heard. But to know that when Yeshua is suffering and he was trying to warm himself by another man's fire. And then here he is denying him and not just saying, I don't know him. He's saying, I don't know the blankety blank blank man. He's saying, I don't know him He's because he's called out. You're a witness. You're one of them. I know. I saw you with them. I don't know him. I'm telling you, I don't know him. It just showed you, and this is why I'm saying, his world was rocked. And he denied him. But the love of the Father, or the love of Yeshua at the resurrection, he said, go tell Peter. Because he knew his world, and his world was still rocked. For those days that he was in the crown. I didn't do this while I was studying. <laughs> but anyway, it just is so. You know, during this, this time, and the time that we're living in today, it's just, we got to know, guys. I mean, because, I mean, I'm sitting here comfortable in a little town in Mississippi on a beautiful day with beautiful people, going to eat good food after a while. And people in Ukraine, their world is rocked, blowing up train stations, killing civilians, killing people. I'm just saying one day they're doing this and their world is rocked. People all over this world under religious persecution 
having their faith in Yeshua and, and holding that faith to the very end. Knowing, like Paul, if I'm present, it's good for you. But if not, I'm good with him. Because I'm going to be with him in the resurrection because my fate is sealed. If we will stay humble as a humble people and love one another, then whenever the testimony, or I'm not, not the testimony, but whenever the accusations, you're a believer, you're one of them, you can say, you bet you I'm one of them. You bet you I'm one of them. But do you know what was happening? Peter was saying that right here. You bet you I'm one of you. I will never. Guys, it's by His grace and mercy that I can say I will never. I will not stand here in my own strength and ever tell you that. And you know the reason why? You look at these little ones. Look at my grandkids. I'm just saying you don't know what you would do when somebody's fixing to kill one of your little ones. And they'll kill them until they get to you last. No, it's easy to say, no, take me first, because you don't have to witness, because you don't know. But see the persecution that has happened to people. You know, and, and it's, just, it's just unbelievable what is happening is still happening today. And all I'm trying to say is this, is I'm sitting here not under persecution. And I don't want to be Peter deceived. I don't want to sit here and I'm not going to boast. I will and I will. By His grace, I will, is what I'm saying. By His grace. And I know that if, if I can stay humble in serving one another, I believe that in that day when I'm forced, if I am forced to make that decision, I will make the right decision. I won't have to worry about a rooster crowing or the guards crying out during these watches of the night and knowing that I have denied my Messiah because that's not going to be a pretty thing. Where in the world am I at? Okay, now let's go back to verse 6 in the same chapter. We're doing this chiastic deal. The next one is a theme of cleansing. The first one was the expression of love. The next one is a theme of cleansing. But the opposition to that, when we get to verse 27, is going to be the theme of treason. Verse 6, it says, He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, do you wash my feet? Yeshua said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now. Guys, there's a lot of things that's going on in this world that we don't understand now. But when it's time to understand, he's always been faithful to reveal it to his people first, his prophets first, and to his people. He won't let us go through a, a tribulation without him letting us know what's up. He's been preparing us for years now. And now all of this stuff's coming out, even though we didn't understand back then. I, I told Tammy the other day, I said, right is wrong and wrong is right on steroids today. I have never in my life, can you imagine, can you imagine 
Can you imagine? Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam and Eve are now kicked out of the garden. Can you imagine Adam knows Eve and she conceives? And Eve gives birth. Yeah, and she says, Adam, what is it? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. How did Adam know he was a male? How did he know he was a son? Give me a stinking break. Have we, res- have we reverted to this? A Supreme Court justice who is judging, there's nine, there's nine that has to come together and the fate of a law being judged is on those shoulders of those nine. And one doesn't understand what a boy or girl is. That's why I'm saying right is wrong, wrong is right on steroids in this day, in this time, in this hour. I mean, guys, come on. I'd have never in my days dreamed I would have ever heard that come out of somebody's mouth. I don't even, I mean, I understand why they're saying what they're saying. You know, but that is, that is beyond foolish. But what I am doing now, you do not understand. But afterwards, you will understand. And that was when the, definitely whenever the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and Shavuot. Amen. This is Pesach, but you're going to understand in just a few days. Now, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Yeshua said to him, if I do not wash you, then you have no share with me. Because if you don't allow me to humble myself, you will not humble yourself. And that's exactly what he was telling him. If I can't humble myself and you won't allow me, then I can promise you, you'll try to be top dog over the other 11 or 10. It's going to be 11 because one's going to be gone. Do you know that when he's talking about understanding also, Joshua served Moses. But when Joshua was serving Moses, Joshua didn't understand what it was like to be Moses. He could look at him and see, but Joshua didn't understand it until Moses walked up on that hill and all of a sudden the people looked to Joshua. Elisha served Elijah. And he didn't know until Elijah was gone, then Elisha understood what the role was is to be Because we talked about that story one time in here about how certain things are revealed, certain things are concealed. What Peter, I mean, what Yeshua is telling them is this. I'm here with you and you're riding on my coattails. You don't know what it's like, but when I'm gone, you're going to know what it's like. See, you're witnessing the very power of the Holy Spirit working through me. But only will it happen to you whenever I'm vacant from your sight in the physical will you understand that you can follow in my footsteps. 
Amen. And this is what he's, he's sharing with him is the same principle. Verse 9, it says, Simon Peter said to him, he says, Master, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Extremist. <laughs> That's what he does. It's not, I ain't going to do my feet. Now you're going to do my whole body. But Yeshua said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to be washed except for his feet, but is completely clean. You are clean, but not every one of you. Now, here's the deal about this verse. There, he's talking to them in a spiritual sense. We know this here. But, Tammy, if you would, you have a mic. Go to John uh, 11.55. Go to John 11.55, and then I'm going to let you read that scripture while I'm exhorting on this part. In Exodus 30, 17 through 21, this is where we know the story about Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his sons, before they ever went into the temple or went into the tabernacle to minister, as they were taking the sacrifices and they went there, they came upon a piece of furniture, as we call it, but it was something that had water in it that they had to wash. It was the bronze, what? Basin. That's right, it's a laver. And they would wash their hands and the feet before they would enter in. So this thing of washing your hands and your feet is not foreign. Yeshua is doing something as a picture. You never go in to minister without your hands or your feet washed and cleansed. But here's what he's saying is, is you need your feet washed, but he's telling them, your body, you're already ceremonial clean. Read, now this is John 11, so this is before naturally 13, so this is before the supper. As they were entering into Jerusalem, this is what happens. Now the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went up to Jerusalem out of the country before the Passover to purify themselves. Okay, so whenever we were in Israel, if you've ever been to Israel, before you go up to Jerusalem, no matter which direction you come, there's a lot of mikvah places. There's a lot of places where you would ceremony, because when you would enter into Jerusalem before you get there, they would have their mikvah. So what he's saying here is you, you've already had your bath in, in really chapter 11. You've already, as you were heading into Jerusalem, you already have taken care of your ceremonial part of your body being clean. But now what needs to happen is, is your hands and your feet need to be clean. So he's using this um, to tell him now that the very, and look guys, it's just, he's, he's telling them something that was, that they did in the physical for a spiritual meaning. And they would understand now, Peter is supposed to get it. Yes, you're right. Why are you saying give me a bath? See, Peter just, because he's not understanding. And this is why I'm saying this. We do this as believers. We go from one extreme to the next. Rather than simply just doing what the Father asks us to do. And I'm telling you, this is why in, in churchianity, this is why there's so many different belief systems out there. Is and accept, is strictly in just saying, I accept what you tell me to do. We're going to reinvent some holy new thing. And it's not what Yahweh has because it doesn't paint the right picture. So we see here that he tells them that. But then in verse 11 he says, For he knew who was to betray him. And that was what he had said. Or this is why he said, Not all of you are clean. So he's speaking to them in a spiritual sense. So right here, 
Because you know what? Judas went through a ceremonial washing. But because his heart was not right, the ceremonial cleansing turns into a time of treason. Because it has to do with the heart. You can get wet all you want to, but it has to do, what are we doing? This is why I'm saying, are we, we're entering, the, this is my job. My job is to help you get prepared for Pesach. And not just waddle on up in there like it's an Easter cantata. You know what I'm saying? This is not a game. This is what I'm saying. This is not a game. Because when people are drinking this cup, and, and death and sicknesses and all of these things can happen if we're not properly discerning our own selves, then we get in trouble is what we do. And this is why I'm saying here, Judas, I'm telling you, I know, I believe in my heart, my opinion, he took the same mikvah bath that the rest of them took. But yet his heart was treasonous because it was opposing the will of, of Yahweh. Now, Peter was also opposing the will of Yahweh here because he was saying, I ain't going to deny you. I'm not going to do this. You're not going to go get behind me, Satan. But he was running with his head. He wasn't running with his heart. There's a difference. Judas is running with his heart. His heart is bent not to allow Yahweh to do. Peter just thought he knew what was happening, and his head was telling him this is the way it's going to be, and Yahweh was saying, no, it's not. Because if you ever notice Peter, he's still doing this in Galatians. When he, when he broke away and wasn't eating with the Gentiles, he's still running into the same thing. His heart, his, his nature, his heart was good, but his mind got him in a lot of trouble. His thinking of trying to figure things out, not by the Spirit, but by his own mind. Okay, now which scripture was that? If you could see how I did this, I am so confused up here. Thirteen, eleven. Okay, that's good. All right, now we're going to verse 12. This is another chiasm. This is the example of Yeshua. This is the example of the Master. So, oh, wait a minute. I did not, did I? No, okay, now we need to go to 27. Thank you. need to go to verse 27. Now, this is after some things that happened. This is 13, John 13, 27. This is that chiasm. I got this back and forth. I got them different colors in here to try to keep up, and I'm still having problems. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. And the reason why Satan entered into him because he wasn't clean. Yeshua said to him, what you're going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew that he had said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, that he was telling him to go buy, to go and buy what was needed for the feast. Now we can go back and forth with all of that. This is why I believe that that this was a supper that they had that night. This was not the Passover. This was at twilight the next day. And that he should not give something, or that he may give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. And here's Jeremiah 17, 9. You don't have to turn there, but it says, The heart is wicked. Who can know it? Only, only Yahweh knows that. Our sound. Now, let's go to back to verse 12. So you saw where there is now treason from cleansing. 
Verse 12, it says that when he had washed their feet and he put on his outer garment and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done for you? So this is an example. He done this as an example. This is why we want to do this. Even though you may not understand exactly why this thing is happening, it's like being baptized again. You might not understand it, but I'm telling you there's a transformation. There's something that is to happen to us if we're doing it for the right reason and we're doing it from a right heart. You call me teacher and master, and you're right, for so I am. If then your master and your teacher has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So he's telling them that there's no big eyes and little use. In other words, if I'm doing this, because there again, you've got to understand, their world is fixing to be rocked. If I'm doing this, then you will understand whenever I'm gone and you see what happens, you're going to depend on one another. So you, will, you understand that if I'm your master doing this and you ain't the master, how much more should you be doing this to one another? Verse 15, for I have given you an example and I put down, this is why as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. It's a memorial. That you should also, or I'm sorry, that you also should do, have I just done to you. So not only is the meaning important, the very acts of doing it is important. Because doing something does something in the spiritual. If it's first the natural, then the spiritual. Bill taught me that, my father-in-law taught me that, and I have walked in that principle forever and a day. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things that seem foolish. But it's not foolish whenever you have a pure heart to do something. And I've experienced many, many, many transformations by doing crazy stuff, but having a right heart to do it. And the Father just, I mean, just, just step up powerful in our lives. And he says this, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. So if I'm not greater than Yahweh, then you're definitely not greater than me. This is what he's saying. So if a servant is not greater than his master, nor is the messenger, because this is what we are as messengers, greater than the one who has sent him. Yeshua sends us, so we're not greater than him. But he's saying that the father, there was a pecking order, if you would look at it that way. And so he's telling us that he came to do what? He came to serve Yahweh and everything that he asked him to do. Verse 17, so if you know these things, blessed are you who do what? Do them. Do them. You can't do them in your mind. You have to do them first in your heart, and then you have to do them by doing them. And this is why I'm believing that that transformation will happen. Verse 21, we're going to skip down, and 21 picks up the other part of the chiasm. After saying these things, Yeshua was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of him who he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Yeshua loved, was climbing at the table at Yeshua's side. I just think this, this next verse is funny. Because Peter's so used to, every time he opens his mouth, it, it don't go right. So, so what do you have to do is say, maybe I'll get John to ask him. <laughs> you know, just in case I'm asking the wrong thing, right? It says, one of his disciples whom Yeshua loved was reclining at the table at Yeshua's side. So Simon Peter mentioned to him to ask Yeshua who he was speaking of. 
because probably Peter was probably at the place now, because he hadn't even got he didn't get he didn't get the the rebuke of of denying him till down the list a little ways because we're jumping back and forth in the story, but here he played it safe and didn't it didn't mouth off. He had I believe it was Yochanan to do this, so that disciple leaning back against Yeshua said to him, Master, who is it? And Yeshua said. It is he to whom I am to give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, to the son of Simon. So now, guys, we get to the middle of the story in verse 18, 19, and 20. To me, I just thought that I would do a little bit something different and do this chiasm to show you that at the beginning and the end how expression of love was there, how cleansing and how treason was there. And how now the very examples of Yeshua was played out to his disciples. And these very examples, before I get to verse 18, because here's, here's, I just believe this with all my heart. The very thing that he was doing the very evening before he was to get on that torture stake is important. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's, he knows his hour has come. He knows that he's not going to be there tomorrow night. There's no more suppers for him. Not, not here, not, not in the natural, before he gives up his life for us. And so this very example, he's not, and you know what? He's not doing this for himself. His love is so powerful that he knows that these, these guys' world, like I said, is fixing to be rocked. He's trying to hold them together even in his death. He's trying to prepare them and hold them together because of what they're fixing to witness, what they're about to witness with him. So he's bringing something here because I'm telling you, when you're washing somebody's feet, that is a very humbling thing. Because that's what mostly the slaves and people would do. But I'm telling you, when, when Abraham did it, it shows you the humility of Abraham. Because he could have went and got his wife, or he could have went and got a bunch of slaves to do it. But he said, no, you bring the water. He's going to wash their feet. So you see this pattern all the way down through humility. Moses had this. A lot of these people had these. And all he's saying is, is if you want to make it to the end, you're going to have to be humble. Because pride ain't going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. You're going to get hammered with that. So verse 18, he says this, he says, I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture is fulfilled. And in Psalms 41, 9, it talks about, I'm not going to go there. You can read it later. It says, he who ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Now, if you understand, the IVP says this, table fellowship was considered an intimate bond. Okay? They're eating a supper here. This is an intimate bond. And a betrayal following it was, a, it was highly perverse. So when Judas had an intimate bond with Yeshua by eating and breaking bread with him and eating that meal and then doing... This was like high treason. 
This is very, very, very treasonous. Today, we as a people in our culture, we don't tap into that mentality. But yet, it is important that if we can, that's why in Corinthians, whenever he judged the man who was having a relationship with his father's wife, he says, I've already judged him. You're not to even do what with one? Eat with one. Because there is a bond that happens whenever you're eating. But you excommunicate them. You don't eat with them. You turn them over to Satan. Not that Satan would beat them up, but that they would come to their senses and repent and get back into the kingdom. That's what this is all about. So for Judas at night to be very well just sitting there eating with him, it shows the, the high treasonous. Because he says, he who ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me. That's a serious offense. And this offense here, no doubt, I believe, is why Judas couldn't find a place of repentance. Because it said that Judas cried out. There was other peoples in the scripture. It said Esau cried out, but he couldn't find a place of repentance. But do you know why he couldn't? Because he wasn't humble. He was, he, he was sorry that it didn't work out the way he wanted it to work. See, that was Judas's, I believe, my opinion why Judas couldn't find a place of repentance is because he wasn't truly repenting to do it Yahweh's way. He was just sad at what all the things that he played a part into this death, but he still wanted it his way. He still didn't want it not his way. He still wanted Yeshua. Everybody wanted Yeshua to show up and just kick the Romans' hineys. Okay? That's what he wanted to do. Show up, get rid of these people. We like our life. You can sit on there and we'll listen to you most of the time. That's what they would have said. I'm just being honest. That's right. As long as the fish and bread hold out, I'm with you. I'm here with you. And as long as you don't tear down all the high places in the land, I'm with you. As long as you don't make me not eat crawfish, I'm with you. You know what? In other words, that's the way man is. They wanted Yeshua to be set up so that he could beat the boogie bear. And that's what they wanted. They wanted somebody like David that was going to show up, but they didn't want somebody to remove all the high places. Yeshua knows that. Verse 19, he says, I'm telling you this now before it takes place. That when it does take place, that you may believe that I am He. So He's sharing everything with them before it happens. He's even showing the scriptures and the prophecies in uh, Exodus about the washing, about the uh, because guess where He's fixing to go? After He gets all that cross, guess where He's going to take His blood? He's going to the altar after His resurrection. After His resurrection, I believe that's my opinion. Why He told Miriam. Don't hold on to me, because I have not gone to my Father. In other words, I need, to, I need to make atonement for the world. I need to do this. I need to take my blood there and put it there. Don't cling to me. But I'm coming back. In verse 20, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one who has sent, I send, receives me, and whoever receives me, the one who sent me. The middle of this story is about commitment to Yeshua. It's about eternal life. 
if you're going to get eternal life, you're not going to get it with pride. You're going to get it with humility. That we would have to humble ourselves and that we would have to accept the very plan of Yahweh. And I just, in closing, want to say this. For so many years, so many years I just feel like maybe we don't fully understand why we have to do certain natural things. Like baptisms. I think sometimes we don't think they're that important. Accepting Yeshua as our Lord and Savior is the most important thing on this earth. And do you know that accepting Yeshua is the most important thing? But it doesn't just stop right there. There's things that He tells us to do. Repent and be baptized. There's, there's this process that happens with us. And then after that, there's a process of sanctification. I mean, it, it, you, you see now we're the Torah now. And the Why did He give me and you the Holy Spirit? I'm already saved. If I'm already saved, I don't need no Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm once saved, always saved. Just let me do my thing. That ain't the way it works. It's a process. Getting in the house is a process. Staying in the house is a huge process. Amen. Just want to share that with us. And so all of these little things that's in the natural that he asked us to do show forth something in the spiritual. And so what I'm trying to say is this. I don't take this lightly. I don't take water baptism lightly. I don't take these things lightly that the Father asks us to do. When we retell the story at Passover, how many times have we told that story? For years. I don't know how many years we've been telling it, but we've been telling it for years. But what did he tell me to do? Retell the story. Tell the story. Tell the story. Because if we don't do it, there's something about the human nature that if we don't remember our history, we will repeat the sins of our forefathers. And this is all part of us here, is humbling ourselves to one another, to be able to show one another. And look, and I'll tell you this. If you're worried about your toes, go get them done before, before Passover. Go let them little people put a brush on them dudes and cut them and do something with them claws if that's, if that's what you got. You know what I'm saying? Because some people won't do certain things, and I understand that. Some people have a thing with feet. I'm not excited about feet. But the thing about it is, it's more important to me to endure the feet and allow something spiritually to happen to me so I ain't dealing with feet. I don't want to kick my heel up against Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.